I am what I am. I am my own special creation. Welcome to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast. I'm Matthew Ivan Bennett. Our concert production for the 1819 season is the musical La Cage à Faux, book by Harvey Firestein, lyrics and music by Jerry Herman, and based on the play by Jean Poiret. Similar to the movie The Birdcage, Lacage follows the story of partner Georges and Alban, who run the Saint-Tropez drag nightclub where Alban is the star attraction as Zaza. When Georges' son announces his engagement to the daughter of an ultra-conservative politician, Alban and Georges come up with different ideas on how to present themselves to her father. Here's Frenny Romain and costume designer Patrick Holt with more. So, Patrick, you've done a lot of costume work, um, being, you know, with it being showcased at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, the John Houseman Theater, HBO, CBS. Uh, did your costume work introduce you to the world of drag at all? No. This is the easy answer. My costume work didn't. Somebody else's did. I think... Um, uh, the first Broadway show I ever saw um, was the tour, 1982 tour of La Cage. <laughs> I, was a, I was a high school kid in Florida, and my mother took me, my very religious mother took me <laughs> to see <laughs> La Cage. And um, she loved it, and obviously I loved it. And it was my first sort of exposure to the world of drag. And, and I don't remember a lot of it, but I just remember sort of the sparkle and the glitz and the fun and the carefreeness of it. And... Um, and you know, I, I grew up as a in a very religious environment as a as a very closeted kid, and so that world was super appealing. Anyone who had that kind of, you know, um, I don't know if it was sort of the the zest for life or the or the ability to just sort of be uncaring of other people's opinions was super attractive to someone like me at the time. So that that led me into that sort of theatrical world as a kid. So you've seen the original touring of Lacage. How is the drag that and the costumes you're creating for our production, how is it different from maybe um, other drag we might have seen maybe on, you know, on screen, on RuPaul, or even compared to, to other drag styles, I guess is what I'm getting at. <clears throat> well, it's, it's interesting because what RuPaul's Drag Race has done is it's cliche to say it's sort of it is mainstream drag, but it has in, in, in many ways in the way that it's exposed drag to an international audience that wasn't familiar with it. It used to be sort of a dark, unspoken art, you know? It sounds very Harry Potter, but it, but, um, but it, wasn't, it wasn't something you saw on TV ever, except for, in a kind of mocking way, Klinger on MASH and, the, and Geraldine and, and Flip Wilson show, and those old things, yeah. And, and drag actually has this kind of amazing like very vibrant culture into its own. And the interesting thing that's happened since Drag Race is that um, the different genres of drag have sort of all become legitimate. And, and people think, you know, drag, many people think drag is putting on a dress and heels and dancing around and lip syncing. But in fact, there are, there are clubs that have, you know, different are devoted to different genres of drag completely. And, um, you know, there's there's girls who call themselves female impersonators. They don't want to be called drag queens because they really, they're amazing. They they pass for women. You would never know it was a man under the dress. And then there's the high camp and comedy drag where it's just 
you know, big and loud and fluffy and sparkly. And, and there's sort of everything in between. Girls, that, there's, a, there's a huge drag pageant world that many people don't even know about. And, um, and, and what we call dancing queens, there's the girls who just, who just are incredible dancers, do things in heels that I've never seen anyone do, that seem impossible. And there's sort of everything in between. Um, and so, to me, that's sort of the beauty of it, the rainbow of, of drag, is that it's, it, it encompasses everyone. There's a very famous drag queen called the Lady Bunny out of New York who organized the first um, wig stock and, and you know, came up with RuPaul in, in the beginning of, of sort of drag as we know it in America. And, uh, and we've become friends over the years. And Bunny said, you know, the great thing about drag is that um, there's room for everyone. And, and that's what's so appealing to me about it is there is room for everyone. And it's a lesson to be learned, I think, in, you know, in a, in a bigger context than just the world of drag. But um, when I started, I was 160 pounds heavier, and I was depressed, and I was like, had no self-esteem. And, and I went into that world, and the, the beautiful queens and the not beautiful queens and everyone in between embraced me for who I was and exactly the way I was. And that's incredibly empowering and liberating when you were creating the costumes for this show, what kind of, you were talking about different styles of drag. What kind of style were you looking to make with this kind of a show? Well, I think, you know, we have to, the show was written to sort of take place in the 1980s. It's not exactly where we've placed this. This is sort of a, a nondescript modern period. But certainly the, the lead character in this, Zsa is is more what we'd consider as a classic queen, and, and a little bit older, too, so it, it makes perfect sense. When there were less genres of drag, and drag was sort of more one style of, of a thing. Um, you know, again, like the beauty of it is, is it could be anything you want it to be. But this is, this is a great, if, if no one's ever been exposed to drag, this is the perfect first exposure to drag, I think. You get the heart and soul of what it is, what it means, what's behind it, what motivates it. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. People, I think, are very confused by what drag is. And, you know, I don't know any drag queen in the world that wants to be a woman. There's a lot of confusion about what drag is versus, um, you know, being a transsexual and versus a whatever, cross-dresser. They're all very, very different things. Drag is, is entertainment. Drag is, for many, many of us, it's an homage to women and, and the women who accepted us and the women who empowered us. And, and we celebrate them through drag. Um, and, and it's not us wanting to be women. So um, I think you get, you get sort of the story, backstory of drag a little bit in this play, and it's one of the wonderful things about it. It's got so much heart and so much soul, and it came out in a time. It was, it was in many ways way before its time, but it's still so completely relevant. What do you think is your favorite costume or aspect of the show with the PTC show that you've been working with here? What do you think is your favorite aspect? That's a bit of a Sophie's choice, right? Who's your favorite child? <laughs> um, I mean, certainly I identify as, as sort of a veteran of RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I identify with the character of Zaza. When, when I was on RuPaul's Drag Race, I was the oldest contestant that had ever been on the show at the time. Still now the second oldest, at least to what people admit. But, um, so I identify with that sort of classic style and that, and that empowering feeling that Zaza feels through, through drag. But, but it's, you know, there's something for everyone. And, and I hope people will come with an open mind and open heart and, and, and be entertained and, and realize that it doesn't matter who you love or what you love or just, just love that people love. I think that that's what's most important, and that's the message of the play. 
Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Theatre Podcast for Lacage. It only runs this Friday and Saturday, so get your tickets now at 801-581-6961 or visit our website, pioneertheatre.org. Lacage is sponsored by the Salt Lake County Zoo Arts and Park Fund. Get more information on our website at pioneertheatre.org.